we're back and we're here on an icy day in 2020 with one of our favorite new guests norm glad to be here yeah love your new workspace it's fantastic uh nice rooms mm -hmm. seems like a young kind of hip crowd it does the elevators actually work in the scotia plaza as opposed to across the street at the bmo where it's drafty and they stall mm -hmm. and there is beer on tap fantastic yes loving it get y'all loosened up to say some things you'll regret if you ever become famous it can get canceled exactly yeah yeah i'm pretty excited about this so last night the sags happened they did i don't watch award shows live anymore because of many reasons sometimes it's the whole host issue they just take a lot of time. I find it's easier to catch up on social media and just watch the highlights. It seemed like social media was much more excited about what was happening behind the scenes, behind stage, than what was happening up front. Yes, the yeah. uh, Jen and Brad reunion yeah. was oh, all over everywhere. Or as somebody said, this is the real reunion we should have been excited about, and there was like a Renee Zellweger bumping into Catherine Zeta-Jones backstage. Yeah, that was there yeah. as well. Yeah. And there was also a um, Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro Mm. And they both were in one of my favorite movies of all time, Deer Hunter. So okay. I showed a picture of them back in 78 and then last night on a few posts I saw, which was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like backstage at the SAGs was really the hot place to be. But in general, uh, I think you have some strong feelings about who won the best ensemble in a film. Yeah, I popped in from time to time. I caught Brad's speech where he talked about putting his actor on his Tinder account. I got to put this on my Tinder account, which is kind of cool. Um, I heard Joaquin Phoenix's speech, and uh, it was really genuine. He talked about all the other nominees, and uh, the main kind of thrust was about Leo. And he talked about when I was a kid and I was acting, I go to these auditions, I get these callbacks, and I'd always lose to this one kid. And nobody would say his name. Yeah. And uh, a casting director would say, oh, it's Leo, 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 Leo. 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 Yeah. So that was kind of funny. And then, very happy Parasite one. Yeah. Um, two really, really good foreign movies the last two years. Roma, followed by Parasite. And they're both getting a lot of recognition, which I'm happy to, to hear and see. Yeah. Very happy that they won. Yeah, I'm, that was probably one I was most happy about when I'm reading the results afterwards. So, you know, the actors group is one of the largest voting blocks. Exactly. So it's not 100% a predictor, but it is a hint. It is. Of what's to come in that final big award show. Uh, but we always need to remember the demographic of the people voting in that award show is much older and paler than the voting block for the SAG, SAG after. So is this a good segue to mention my change? Yeah. Okay, I think we should retire people. Yeah. Just like you, you play the British Open in golf, and at 65, you got to retire. Like retire them like an Irishman? I say with like a gun finger motion to my head, listener. No, no. <laughs> we're not painting houses here. I'm talking more about if you're not acting regular or seeing these movies or involved, you, you don't get a ballot. Um, there can be a skill testing quiz for these people. And if they can't pass, they should not be getting a ballot. Even if you've won in the past. Even if you've won. If you're no longer active, you're alumni, and you're no longer voting. So let's let's role play this. Like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. There's a name. For he you. shouldn't get to vote anymore. Shouldn't get to vote anymore. Is he is he involved? Is he doing anything? He's like he's a he's retired. I mean, 
So Sydney Poitier. Same deal. Yeah. Done. Done, done, done. But that's the thing. Like, you're, when you're retiring people from certain criteria, then there's also, it, it affects both sides of the demographic. Uh, but I think. But you think there'll be more the of. Influx the influx of what's coming in new yeah. will offset what's going out. Yeah. And those people, are, they're not engaged. Yeah. And they're not watching maybe everything. Or maybe they are because they, they're not working. they got nothing else to do. Like, what if you are a super engaged, like, sort of film goer or maybe... I guess if you're still producing stuff or you still have your, your toe in some other way, then you, you would still be active. Right. But what if you're producing but you technically um, maybe start off and vote in the actor's block but not, like, in the same thing as a producer? Like, I feel like... I'm with you. Mm-hmm. But I just think they're really bad at coming up with rules and they try to come up with stuff and then they have to backpedal it. I think they would actually have to think about this before they roll it out. It requires some thought, yeah. but I think things should move in that direction. Yeah. For sure. Because if you were nominated as, oh, say, a young actress and then you were nominated and then you didn't... Maybe you won, maybe you didn't, whatever. So you're in... The Academy, but then you become a director, and as a woman, your odds of ever being nominated as a director are very slim. I right. feel like you should still be able to vote. Like, let's say you acted for 15 to 20 years, but then you were directing for 30, although as a woman, you only get to direct a movie maybe once every five years instead <laughs> of every year. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, I sure, feel sure, sure. like I see that. you need to be active in the production or distribution of film still. Like they need to come up with some rules to like make right. it. But I think know. if you're if you're active, yeah. I think you're active. Yeah. It's for those who are not active, get their ballot, kind of check people that they wanted to sleep with, or I like to sleep yeah. with this new young girl, so that's what they vote for. Or they have like their assistant or their grandkids. Right, their grandkids them. could be voting for them. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Although you know when I went down to LA that one time. And this woman ended up being a spoiler for my friend's Oscar ballot. She probably would have won in her, like, Oscar pool that year if she hadn't listened to this woman. But we bumped into a woman at a party who was, like, sort of looked like what my idea of an Oscar voter is. I feel like in her youth this woman was a trophy wife, but then she uh, either started working in some part of the industry or having some kind of connection and, like, still was actively involved. So production, she was sort of, casting, yeah, so set design, that type of thing. Had a gorgeous gown, mm-hmm. white, shiny, which, okay, ladies, you know, fabrics to stay away from if you have any kind of lumps and bumps you're concerned about. Anything sort of shiny and thin. And this older lady was wearing it uh, at a Oscar party with, like, limited seating. So she was really, she was making a choice. And white as well. Unforgiving. Also shows every lump and bump in, subject to spills. So this is somebody who has enough money to wear a white shiny dress. Was she fit? Like yeah, like like older lady fit. And when I say older, it's hard to tell with Caucasian people. But I'm gonna say north of sixty, a hundred percent, north of seventy, probably. Sounds like Pilates four times a week. Yeah, yeah. So look good, but she had some strong thoughts about uh, the the two candidates Fox had in that year. And between Shape of Water and Three Billboards, she was very much on the Three Billboards side. And, like, my friend who initially had Shape of Water, she changed her vote to Three Billboards. I see. Because of this lady, because she looked at her and said, this woman looks more like the average voter. 
But then Shape ended up winning. So I feel like we're still in this weird period right now. But Three Billboards didn't have a Best Actor, I'm sorry, Best Director uh, nomination. It didn't, but it did have Best Supporting, which won for Sam Rockwell. Because we love Sam Rockwell. Best Director nomination, that would would cut down his chances. It's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Yeah. But yeah, so back to your point, you're right, we should retire people, but we need to come up with rules that um, don't end up throwing out people who maybe get in one way, but actually are still active in film another way, but maybe not related to their approved voting block. Okay, then my other point of my suggestion is there's some type of skill testing then Mm -hmm. for everyone's voting. Mm -hmm. This is for everybody, right? This is for the whole everybody voting. So there's little Easter eggs in movies you watch or some type of quiz that you have to answer. A BuzzFeed quiz that you need to get at least 8 out of 10 on. So even if you're making the grandchild do it, the grandchild is at least doing the work to answer those questions. Exactly. And they change. They need to change so they don't just like share the answers with somebody else. No, they change. Maybe even be individualized along with your watermark for your... uh, That's a lot of extra work for them to do. But then they would, I think, they get a better representation of yeah. what they should be doing. And yeah. then if the people who are retired mm-hmm. two years in a row mm-hmm. are getting twenty percent, then you're retired. If they want to fight the retirement up front, do things that way. Then again, I've watched movies with people, and I know we all watch movies differently. Uh, I've sometimes watched a movie with someone, and when we go to talk about it afterwards, I'm like, "How did you not?" Like, this was a fairly obvious plot point, or like, they repeated this imagery over and over, or like, how did you not notice this thing? So I think there's also, I feel like the quiz isn't necessarily fair to people who just like, maybe watch movies and only get 30% of it. Like, sometimes you watch a film and think, why are they like hand-holding people through this plot point? And then you talk to somebody else who's like, maybe not as thoughtful and dedicated a film watchers you and you're like oh shit it's for this person the lowest common denominator but if you're voting for the academy awards should you not be getting more than 30 percent of a film do you think everyone who gets to vote is the brightest star in the sky let's look at the winners let's just have a ponder quiet reflection on the winners for things for the past like five years i think that question answers itself i'm not saying they're all basic Mm -hmm. but okay i can see that yeah but some type of some way some to attest. My point yeah. is, you got to weed some people out, is my yeah. point. Yeah. you got to do some weeding. Yeah. you got to pluck that garden. So come up with a way of doing so, and we get a better representation. Or maybe be completely um, discriminatory based on age. Like with driver's licenses here in, I don't know if it's the same all across Canada or just Ontario. Right. Once my dad got north of 65 or whatever, he has to like re-up certain tests like more often. Yeah, like, every couple of years or that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it should be not to be too ageist, but just based on the way the industry is, the industry's ageist, so it should be age plus recent credit. So if you can't say, I recently did something that was right. a film, and my age is plus whatever, then you fall into the um, attestation slash whatever pool. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, something to that effect. I'd also like kind of a way for some people to have a, have a buy or a gimme or a, what do they call it on a, on a survivor and immunity idol? Like, have you ever worked for this uh, group of producers? 
uh, Harvey Weinstein, Brett Ratner, etc. Like, you should get to stay in. <laughs> like, like you know what? We're not going to ask why you're not working actively in film anymore. I see. Young woman who was nominated for an award. We're just going to let you keep voting. You deserve this. Okay. Yeah, you've earned this one. That I can see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that would just be like really kicking people when they've already been exactly. forced the to go down. They left. Ugh, no, that yeah. was a terrible. Forcefully terrible. left, yes. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like what we landed on. We okay. should be running the Academy. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, speaking of running the Academy, I was really wondering um, this year, like, how do they decide, or just the juxtaposition between how diverse the people who announce the awards are versus the people who actually get nominated. Because this year, it was uh, Issa Rae and John Cho. Someone on Twitter pointed out they probably just got John Cho because they knew Parasite would get some nominations, so they wanted somebody who could pronounce uh, the director's name and or anybody else in case. Is, is, is he Korean? If you Google Korean-American actors, he's probably one of the most recognizable faces that comes up in like the first set of search results. I didn't even know he was Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like, unfortunately, it's probably that premeditated, but also like self-aware yet not self-aware. Like, let's get these different colors, shapes, and ages to announce the awards, but we know the people who are going to be nominated pretty much look like the cast of Big Little Lies every year. True. On the ladies' side and like and, uh, different versions of Christian Bale on the male side. Issa took her shot Yeah. Um, at the directors. Congratulations, Congratulations to, to these, these men. men. Just took her shot there. A little subtle. Love it. But uh, she got that in there. It was the Natalie Portman sort of thing that she did at the Golden Globes. Exactly. The year before. And it was Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very subtle. But she got it in there. And that was being... Uh, Made the rounds on social media as well. Yeah. So last year, the people who announced the nominations, and again, you hear these list of names. I'm just going to go through. I went checked in the last decade. So diverse compared to the people who get actually nominated. Kamel Nanjani and Tracy Ellis Ross. Okay. 2018, Tiffany Haddish and Andy Serkis. I remember that one. Uh, 2017, uh, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, who was previously the president, and Demian Bashir, a uh, Mexican actor. Mexican-American actor. Uh, 2016, Guillermo del Toro and Alan Lee. 2015, Alfonso Cuaron, J.J. Abrams, and Chris Pine and Cheryl Boone Isaacs. I think they used to sometimes split like half the categories between two different people. And then uh, Cheryl Boone Isaacs again in 2014. She went for another Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Uh, 2013. So here's the thing. Before the Cheryl Boone Isaacs year, this is where it gets like real white. Um, so it was Seth MacFarlane and Emma Stone. Okay. Uh, 2012, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Tom Sherrick, who was the president before Cheryl Boone Isaacs. Right. Um, 2011, Monique and Tom Sherrick. That was like back when, you know, Monique was probably just fresh off the whole Precious thing and whatever. Exactly. And then 2010 was Anne Hathaway and Tom Sherrick. I feel like, and again, Cheryl Boone Isaacs last year as president, like she didn't run again the year after Moonlight won. I feel like that's a good and also messy way to go out, like the whole Moonlight debacle, but also exactly. Moonlight won. And right. she was like, my work here is done. I've made some changes to how people are admitted into the academy. They did a bit of the kind of sunsetting of people, like some of those new rules came in. That's true. And they brought in more people. And she's like, this has been a messy three to four years. I'm going to like go out on a win. Right. And I feel like... I've done my time. The problem with any kind of diversity initiative is... it. You're really pushing that rock uphill, and it seems like the minute she left, the rock has been sliding back. 
like Moonlight was like sort of the last big, like, oh, like this is one that a lot of people thought should win, but often that isn't how things go. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I don't know, if you were uh, a Kamel or Tracy Ellis Ross or Nisa Ray or John Cho, and you got the call from your agent, you get to announce the Oscars. I mean, they all said yes, clearly, but what would you do? Well, it's different for me yeah. to say so, because yeah. I have no vested interest in it. Yeah. But everybody's watching. Yeah. Someone might be considering a role I need to fill, and that yeah. might, you're being seen by everybody, that might help you in your career. Issa's got two movies coming out. So it's, it'd be hard to say no to that, mm-hmm. right? And I noticed a couple of the names you mentioned had wins yeah. pretty soon after. Or were involved or in things. Involved that, right yeah. after that they were announced. So, so it's all about ingratiating yourself yes. to the Academy. Yeah, so I, it's hard. I can sit here and say, yeah, I tell them to go, whatever, right? Yeah. Like um, Eddie Murphy joke about um, I, people saying I'd never be a slave and all sorts of stuff. If they came up with the whip, so I'd tell them to whatever. Yeah. Until they got hit, he says. <laughs> once you got hit, then you change your mind. Yeah. So I have no vested interest in it, so I would like to say that I tell them where to go. But this is your career. Very few people get any type of success at all. You know, they're asking you to announce these awards. You're being seen by everybody's watching that that morning. And there's roles out there people are considering. There's casting directors watching and saying, hey, I think she'd be good in this role. Yeah. Or he'd be good in this role. So I can't judge. I, yeah. I, you'd have to probably say yes. There's people that, that probably have never heard of Issa Rae or never watched a single episode of Insecure. Right. And, and like they maybe saw her for the first time that morning. I'd like to see how much she was Googled that day, mm-hmm. maybe. Or people looked up her, her IMDb page yeah. that day and saw what she's done. Yeah. Oh, she was in Little. Oh, she did this. Yeah. You know? And then oh, she had a web series. Yeah, she had a web series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a self-starter. Yeah, and that might get her roles. So it's hard to say no to that. Yeah, white people love people of color pulling themselves up by those bootstraps. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that she is went. True. She went to Stanford. She yeah. Went to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. She's educated. Yeah. She's well spoken. Yeah. She's well spoken. So articulate. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> it's getting dark. It's MLK Day uh, while we're recording this, folks. So, uh, yeah, there's. I've been avoiding social media just because, you know. Wasn't there some big type of... There's always something. It's getting darker and darker. Wasn't there some big type <laughs> of white supremacist rally going on in Virginia that they're trying to stop today? Yeah, probably. Gun rights or something? Yeah. State of emergency? It's okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Everything's fine. So, when the nominations came out, I, there were a couple movies that I was like, nah. Ah. Uh, I mean, I didn't see this yet, and I probably should have. So for me, there's two movies there. It's uh, 1917 and Little Woman. So I need to watch those. I was going to this weekend, but it was like really snowy here, and I didn't feel like leaving the house, so instead I just made a giant, giant casserole dish of scalloped potatoes and just ate carbs of cheese all weekend. So as you say, it's really snowy here. People in St. John's are going, hold my beer. <laughs> sorry. Listener, if you happen to be in Newfoundland at this time, sorry to this listener. <laughs> yeah. We had 17. We had 76. Yeah. It's Toronto. We're soft. Yeah. We don't have to snowboard down the hill like some of the stuff I've seen. Exactly. People get around. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was snowy for Toronto. True. Yeah. We hadn't had proper snow really since November. Right, so yeah. the first one of the actual winter season. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this was legit. But I'm assuming you saw everything because you saw like over 50 at TIFF. Yeah, I saw everything. Um, I saw 1917 and Little Woman back to back on Christmas Day, which is one of my favorite movie traditions is going on Christmas Day and seeing things because they'll debut then and then not play. I saw Star Wars on Christmas Day. Oh, I gave that a big pass. Yeah. I've not seen that. It wasn't great, you know, but I'm glad we didn't. We watched it before The Mandalorian ended, because then my Star Wars experience of 2019 ended with Mandalorian, not with that movie. Because right. Mandalorian was great. Oh, yeah. Love Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Old school, low tech, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I saw them all. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want rankings now, or is that later on? Yeah, or? we'll do that later. Okay, but I saw them all. Yeah. Um, good selection. I like everything that was there. Uh, Parasite, of course, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 1917 could win. But um, that's an amazing film. Very well done. I mean, I want to see it. I, and I love that kid. I've loved that kid since Sunshine on Leaf. Oh, yeah. 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 He's good in that. Yeah. And uh, just I like the director. Mm-hmm. Um, I like World War One is kind of my thing. Some mm-hmm. people like World War Two. But it's a, it's a Deacon's. It is, yes. Yeah, which Academy yeah. loves the Deacons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But World War One's my thing. Like, all the all Quiet on Western Front from 1931, I want to say, is in my top 50 of all time. I like World War One movies over World War Two. Also Wonder Woman. So, yeah. Great. Yes, that's a World War One movie. Wonder Woman. Love the hats. Yeah. Love the hats. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like an old school Flash kind of hat. Like, more... Um, the older Flash. John, whatever. Ship. John Wesley Ship. Flash like metal tin hat right. versus like a new flash like that. I love that World War One aesthetic. It's like how do they keep those hats on? And then I can see even from the trailer, you don't always. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They could have done better. But And Little yeah. Woman's really good as well. I saw that after it was actually Little Woman was busier yeah. than nineteen seventeen. Saw them both with the varsity back to back. And uh, no, I like the cast. I like the um, I like Greta the Greta's play Greta has her players now. Yeah. And I like all of them, so uh, good well, film as well. I feel like Greta Gerwig is almost becoming the new Sofia Coppola in that she's also picking topics, genres, um, venues, locations where it's all white people, which is fine. It's fine. But, I mean, at least it's women, but it's still that kind of that same thing. If I'm picking to see something, I try to alternate at least like I'm not like you know Ryan has this whole like tries to see lady directors exclusively and that's his one North Star I try to mix whether it's highbrow or lowbrow with like is there some other kind of shape or color like in front or behind the camera where I feel like her palette and the husband as well very pale which is fine that's that's how it's yeah some people like your palette to be just from flat white to eggshell yeah. Well, she's doing a musical next, I hear. So okay. we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But it's probably going to be more... Um, Guys and dolls? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like In the Heights. No. Which I did that trailer look like fun. But you know what? We're going to re-up our beverages. And then we're going to get into actually drilling into how we think uh, some of the categories could go and some of our thoughts now that we've had time to tweak since we last spoke post-tip. So we'll be back. And we're back, and we're going to talk about if we could, I'm not going to say restructure award season, but right now it currently builds to the Oscars as sort of like a termination point for like 
film stuff. But if you, Norm, could like have the normal awards or decide or reorder it as like which ceremony or merging perhaps two ceremonies would be the apex of award season, what would you want to do? Now, the award show that I like the best, I think is the best one, um, best rewards film that I tend to like um, would be the Independent Spirit Awards. That's the, that's the award show that I think is the best one out there. Um, they take their time. I think their voters are more educated in film and uh, take more care and not looking for stars to be on red carpets. And usually um, have so a really good comedian as a host too as well. Like yeah. somebody who comes up with material that's at the level of some of the most, I would say, biting White House correspondence dinner kind of energy. So right. like not... Well, we used to have White House correspondence dinners. We yeah. don't have those anymore. Yeah. But like that kind of energy. Like exactly. somebody who's actually done a lot of research and watched a lot of the movies, I feel like they get to host and it's not like maybe a giant team of writers like they have with the Oscars where the host may not have even like watched everything themselves. That's true. Smaller like, budget. I feel like the person who's hosting has done the work. Exactly. So I just wanted to give a brief little scan of what won last year. Um, the best feature was If Beale Street Could Talk. That's the one last year. Which was gorgeous. Um, Glenn Close won for The Wife. She won everything except for the Oscar. Yeah. Poor Glenn. God. Bunny, bunny there on the, uh, <laughs> on the stove yeah. moment. Um, Ethan Hawke won for First Reformed. Which was a movie that I think every podcast I listen to love, including the Ringer podcast that I listen to that watches things like Harry Potter and Star Wars over again. They love First Reformed. Yeah. So like, highbrow, lowbrow podcast. Everybody loved that except for the Oscars. Exactly. And the only one they had in common of the Oscars was um, Regina King winning Best Supporting. And they had Richard E. Grant winning or Can You Ever Forgive Me, Best Supporting oh, yeah. Male. Which I watched way after award season last year and liked it much more than I thought I would. And uh, Nicole Hoffenser um, won Best Screenplay for that movie as well. And that movie wasn't recognized enough. And uh, Best Editing went to you were, really, you were Never Really Here, Joaquin's movie from last year. Right. So, and the Best Documentary was Want to Be My Neighbor, which was my Best Documentary last year. Just a little flavor of what won there last year. Yeah. And all films, I, I can't argue with any of these winners. Yeah. But well thought out, um, good choices all the way around. I would love to look at the demographics of like who votes for Independent Spirit versus the Oscars. Because I feel like that tells a story in and of itself. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Just one more little one. Um, best uh, first screenplay went to Bo Burnham for 8th grade. Oh, Won right. best first screenplay. So just... Excellent uh, listing, and I, I'm more in tune of what they win. And this is always after the Oscar. I think it's the week after it tends no, to No, no, I thought it's like the night before. Was it the night before? I feel like it's the night before. Okay. It's either the night, I think it actually is the night before again, because of that one time I was in okay. LA. All I right. went to a editor's panel, and there was like four or five, of course, if there's five people nominated, it was like four dudes on the panel. The only person who had to leave the panel early to go to the Independent Spirits that night was the woman editor. Okay. Because she was nominated for I, Tanya, the year that Shape was nominated. So was, that was the year Shape and the year of Dunkirk and whatever, um, Baby Driver. So all right. of those were nominated for editing, right. but like 
that woman was like nominated for Itania, and I don't know if she was maybe she was, but yeah, she was nominated for both. Okay. So I feel like that's where again, Independent Spirit doesn't have the same clout. Blind spots okay, for sure. gender and colors and shapes and no, just ages. And look at that list I yeah, just read off. Yeah, right? it's great. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And then for the Norm Awards, um, I'm a big foreign film person. So I wouldn't be just giving out best foreign film. Yeah. I give out best acting performance in a foreign language, best actress in a foreign language, um, best director of a foreign language film, and best screenplay of a foreign language film. Yeah. I'd give out... Something not in English. Yeah. To get people used to reading those one-inch uh, subtitles. You know, I, I give out some best foreign work. Not just best picture, but some other spots as well. And then maybe those films would get... I mean, Parasite... Like, the one that's the obvious frontrunner always gets the bump every year. And then the other ones that are nominated, at best, they can hope for it being remade. Like, how which Force is, Majeure is going to be remade no. as, like, a Will Ferrell joint, which no. I cannot even with that. No, I'm glad they dropped the Tony Erdman thing. Yeah. With Jack and uh, who's going to be in that one. Yeah. So we don't need to remake foreign movies that are perfect. <laughs> Departed. Um, we should just appreciate the originals. But actually, I'm hearing Parasites being... It's, it's going to be a show, but I think yeah. it's going to be with, with Bong Joon-ho. Okay. Like, I don't think it's going to be... It's not I hope be an it's English not. all white <gasps> cast on that? Oh my God, I hope not. I was, in my mind, I was imagining... It's a co-production. I um, think it's going to be English if an all-white cast. No. No, that's what I that's what I got out of that. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, well, not... if it's Bong Joon-ho, I still don't think it would be an all-white all cast. I mean, if you look at the cast of, like, Okja or Snowpiercer, I still would like to think he would enforce requests, suggest... Some, at least what some of the roles have some colorblind casting. Nicole Kidman was in it? That wasn't all white cast, was it not? I don't know. Three movies back? Anyways. So, you know, I'd like to think he would, if they try to redo it, at least have some kind of diversity. But who knows? Maybe not. Maybe he's just taking that check. Okay, we'll see. Hopefully we'll not. See. We'll see. But I'm hearing that's what's going on. Well, that's a real bummer. That's, yeah, that's a real bummer. And then, so if you you had your normal, like what would be the film and or performances that you would say these will win this year? Um, of the nominees, yeah. Um, well, 19, 1917, I would say, mm -hmm. would be my main one. Um, Parasite would be second. Mm -hmm. And... Um, once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be third. I know some people don't like that movie, but I like that movie a lot. As I'm getting a weird look and no, and no noise But you know what? Way. That's why it's subjective. And one of the reasons why I like having you on is our Venn circles overlap sometimes completely on some things and not at all on others. So it's great that you're here to stand for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I am not. See, it's a Quentin movie. Yes. And I know Quentin does well. And what it is well is making up products and scenarios and TV shows. And this movie is full of this. And his movie before, I hated. Mm -hmm. The Hateful Eight. I mm -hmm. couldn't stand that movie. Um, didn't like it at all. And I think he's back on his solid ground of this one. Mm -hmm. Making up the dog food and all this type of stuff. And the TV shows and all that stuff. I think that's where he's at his best. 
saw that in Montreal during Fantasia, so maybe I was in a, a good frame of mind then when I saw it, but I liked the movie a lot. And Brad's great. I'm happy to see get get his award. And I like the twist he put on it as well. I Okay, so first off, I find it hilarious that it was nominated. I think it was nominated for Best Editing as well. That and The Irishman being nominated for Best Editing, when clearly, if both of those movies could do with anything, it was a motherfucking edit. However, I will say, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it did have two of my favorite scenes in film this year, even though I didn't like the whole product. Um, the scene where he goes out to the farm. Yes. That basically, much like how what we all love about Parasite is it shifts genres like on a dime and very gracefully like a well-tuned automobile. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm watching a horror movie. Oh, I'm watching a fairy tale. Oh, I'm watching like a con man film. So that whole trip out to the farm was like full straight up suspense horror. Like, it was. Like the dread, the way, whatever. Like, that whole scene, love that whole scene. And then the other scene with the, the little girl, Julia Butters. Yes. Like, that whole sequence, love that whole sequence. So, while I didn't love the film, there were, like, sequences in there that I really enjoyed, which is why, to go back to my shade about the editing, it's like, there was a lot of good stuff in there, and I feel like if you shaved off some of the more self-indulgent bits the good stuff would have outweighed the other stuff in my POV and it would have been higher in my esteem. Okay, I can see that. Just yeah. had a quick look, it's not up for best editing. It's but not, Irishman but Irishman is, is. Irishman yeah, is. yeah. Which yeah. is, okay, that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours and 25 minutes, yeah. I want to say, of the Irishman is? Yeah. I don't know, whatever. They got time. That's cool. We're fun. So yeah, I think for me... I'm with you on the Parasite. I would, if anything, I wish it was a world where for sure Parasite wins best film, not just best foreign. I would love it if it took both at the Oscars this year. It won't, but it. I feel like it should. But I think yeah. it's running second I, yeah. to 1917, yeah. I think. Well, I love that 1917 has come in late and gone so strong because I feel like it's peeled off votes from things that are like kind of gimmies in the past that I hope aren't there. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out ages ago. In the summer. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was, July, it was July. I was in, yeah, during Fantasia came out, so during July. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And... But of the nominees, I have um, Ford versus Ferrari as the, yeah. the longest odds to win, I would say. Yeah. And for me, the other thing that I would say uh, under actress for this year... I would go back to Lupita. Lupita, Lupita, Lupita. Bless her heart. But it's fine. The, my favorite tweet of the whole nomination process this year, uh, I bookmarked it. It was made by a gentleman who I'm like 90% sure I met at TIFF one year when they really started to make a push to bring in more like um, critics of color uh, to Toronto. So he wasn't in that like way where they like, officially announced it, but he was sort of the year or two before. Um, Robert Daniels. Have you met him before? I don't think so. Is he English? Uh, I think he lives in Chicago. Okay, I don't think so. This guy. Another, oh, yeah, I've met yeah, him. Another yeah. black guy with glasses listener. Yeah. Basically, just like if you merged me and Norm's features <laughs> you, and like lightened us up a little, you would get this guy. 
So anyway, he had like this tweet that it's it's north of 50k likes right now. The Academy deadass looked at Lupita Nyong'o and said, "We prefer you as a slave." Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not as subtle. That's a. It's a, not that's, subtle. That's a direct slap. It's it's. Yeah. But you know what? Or Haiti, there we prefer you as a maid. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's worthy of an award. Just playing a maid. Yeah. But if you're gonna if you're gonna play Malcolm X, there's no way you're winning playing Malcolm X. That's yeah. for sure. But also, when I look at a tweet like this, and I think this was out here like the morning after the nominations, or the morning of the nominations, this dude is like at north of 50k likes on this, and even his follow-up response to like the one of the first responses where someone says, "Wow, ellipses," this tweet, and then he comes back with the uh, key and peel. Did I stutter? <laughs> there's doubling down, and then there's Very just good. being yeah. It's, I like that. And from there on, like sometimes you don't want to read the comments for this tweet. Read the comments. It's fun. It's a voyage, but like the people who agree with the message come back with the same level of insuations, if you will. So it, it doesn't get like too oh, race card blah blah blah. It's just like you're laughing. Right. Yeah. No, that's 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 yeah. strong. Yeah. It's very strong. It's it's strong, it's but like strong. it's a real where is the lie moment because you think of all the people of color, of black color who've won awards or even been nominated, and let's look at their their job description. Um, well, who got nominated this year? Harriet. Exactly. Harriet, hot hotted hobbing of Haggis. Exactly. Oh, sorry, that's a Mike Myers. But the other part too <laughs> though is, in general, they're like horror. That's another, that's another. Yeah. I, I, there's that side, and there's a horror world going. They oh, like horror. I thought you were going to say women also get nominated for being whores. Whores and slaves. No, no, no. But, no H-O-R-R. Horror. 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 Yeah. They don't yeah. like horror, and she's in a horror film, so yeah. that's not serious. It's mm-hmm. like almost comedy, right? You can't nominate. You're in a horror movie. Yeah. So that's the other part of that as well. So it's like a quadruple whammy there. Or even if your background is comedy, because regardless of how you feel about Uncut Gems, I feel like there's a strong uh, movement for the Sandman. I love the Sandman's post-Oscar nomination tweet. I'm gonna make the worst movie ever seen, but in mankind, that's what he. But it was. He one. also said, you know, bad news. Sandman was nominated. Good news. Sandman doesn't have to wear suits anymore. I was just yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I'm gonna make the worst movie ever now. He said after that. Yeah. So, he was very good in that. Got under my skin after a while. Like, but that's what he's playing. Right? Yeah. He's effective. If he's under your skin. He's effective in that role. Here's, he's, so I thought he was very good, and I, uh, I want to mention uh, Robert De Niro and the Irishman. I thought he was great. Um, that scene where he delivers the condolences to Jimmy Hoffa's wife, he talks for a good six minutes, I want to say, and does not say one word. He's mumbling and stumbling and starting and stopping. There wasn't one Enunciated word in that whole section. You talking about that just makes me want to watch a movie where he and Benicio del Toro play father and son. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be. That'd be unbelievable. What a treat! Yeah. That'd be great. Um, but just I was watching that scene, going, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like just, it's wow. All right. So. Well, speaking about performances in movies that maybe you didn't love the movie or don't think it should win best performances in a movie that you didn't love okay i'm gonna move back here a little bit 
No, but I need I, know, I need you on the mic. I, I know you, you love this movie. Yeah. Okay. Point taken. Yeah. Um, J Lo and Hustler. So you liked the performance, but you didn't love the movie. I thought she was amazing. That's fine. But I did not like I did not like that movie. That is allowed. Okay. Because it's not for everyone, and I feel like I 100% understand why it didn't get. Because even before the Oscars, in some of the other ceremonies, like it wasn't getting the same level of nomination for the fervor that a segment of people, in which I include myself, kind of felt for it. And I could see it because, much like the, the POV of the camera in Wonder Woman versus Justice League on Gal Gadot's ass, I feel like Hustlers were for women in a way that movies aren't, and the people who are voting definitely the demo for all of those different ceremonies. There's just not enough of people who make the voting decisions that would have felt the way about Hustlers that me and other people did to even get okay. her the noms and other that. things. I can see but that. the fact that like the performance is sort of universally acknowledged as like reminding us of Selena, reminding us of Out of Sight, reminding us that this woman can actually act. Out of Sight is her best movie, by the way. I love Out of Sight. But, but yeah. they could have they could have given her Scarjo's nomination. Yeah, she one didn't of, need to have yeah, two. She didn't need to have two. She doesn't need to have two. Yeah. So she can lose twice. She could have just had one to lose. But she could have got that nomination. And she's she's well, she's got other things to do. She's doing the Super Bowl next weekend, so she's she's got things to do. She's always got a lot to do. I feel like this year would have it would have been great if she was nominated. She wouldn't have won. But it would have been great if she was nominated just because she's has had so much going on exactly lately and I love how she sort of plans these sort of big pushes to kind of keep herself relevant but she paces herself so it's like every let's say three to five years there's like a you know a movie and an album or like a a Vegas residency and something else like I felt like this was like a big push and you know what she got almost all the way there but and really I you're, think she got hurt by Gaga maybe too, yeah. right? Because we're not having another singer up again. We had one yeah. last year. I think that might have hurt her a bit. Yeah. We can't really see how it became kind out. of like the Gaga show and all the red yeah. carpets. But what a you know what, what a missed opportunity to have J Lo as a nominee on the red carpet. Like, don't you all miss the era of like Cher being nominated like a couple times so that you get like a like a Bob Mackie level kind of showgirl look? Like, I'm sure her and Donatella would have come up with something great. I think they were planning it. He yeah. was talking them planning something, yeah. and then they just shut that whole thing down. Yeah. But they don't want to be upstage. Yeah. It's Hopefully. like upstage in the bride, right? Hopefully she finds somewhere else to wear whatever they were thinking of. Kind of like in Hunger Games when they made Katniss wear the wedding dress to the kind of pre-show, pre-game show. Maybe she can wear it for something else. Like, here's what I would have worn. Suck it, Oscars. Yeah. That's true. I wonder if she's, she must be a independent spirit. She I mean, this be. is the woman that is the reason that Google Image Search exists. Like her in that green Versace dress with Diddy, that is the reason they invented Google Image Search. I did not know that. Yeah. An icon. Wow. Yeah. So, again, if you're looking for PR stuff, and you can't make the voters vote for who you want, but missed opportunity. I think it'll be three or four years before we get another singer up there. Yeah, it's very short. You gotta get over the whole Gaga thing. Yeah, but it's a combination. She's a singer and she's Latinx. So she's got two strikes against her. I mean, the only thing worse could have been if she'd been a black woman with a good job. (laughs) (laughs) 
But that first scene, like, she has no reason to be nice. And, oh, come get in my coat. Like, from, crawl, from then. Crawl into my fur. From yeah. that moment, I, from was, then, I was with her. I was sorry for her, uh, yeah. her character. Yeah. Like, I'm on top. I'm not going to help anybody. And I'm yeah. Like, Excellent performance. And that scene of her showing the picture of young Constance Wu and talking about the story of the mother dropping her off and, like, driving away. Right. And you see just like the back of a car heading downhill, like that. Her delivery of that, and she's like, "How do you, how do you walk away from this face?" Exactly. And it was just, it was the economy as well. Like this is a movie they shot in less than a month. Like if you watch all the behind the scenes and how to, like she did as good a job as she could have in the lead up. Like you have all the her learning to do the, you know, routine with the Cirque du Soleil person and whatever, but you also have like her in her makeup trailer with her artists like her makeup artists and they, they had the schedule of what they're shooting and then the different looks for Ramona like what does she look like when she works at the Gap versus like what does she look like when she's in exactly, full mode on yeah. stage versus the slightly more like Wall Street bar friendly version when they're out hunting so they would have like the different hair and nail and whatever looks to like figure out the most efficient way to get her in and out of those things based on the shooting schedule as well like she put in the work behind the scenes for all the PR as well. And, like, also behind the scenes as, like, a producer and whatever. Like, Missed opportunity. Leave Missed it, opportunity. Missed, Missed opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. God, I could talk about Hustlers Forever, listener, if you've listened to me either on this or on Ryan's matinee cast or on Geek Hard's uh, other podcasts. I'm, I'm ride or die Hustlers. That's why I moved my chair back. Yeah. To get out of the Conor McGregor kind of... Yeah. So my reaction, though, was less... Yes, I'm yeah. very surprised by it, actually. Yeah, look at that. We can't all get along. Uh, soundtrack that made you buy or listen to music. Us. Ah. Oof. Love that Us soundtrack. If anything, it made me not be able to listen to I Got Five on it. Oh, really? <laughs> terrified. No, that was my driving music for a yeah. while. I was driving anywhere. Yeah. Like, any distance of time, I'd throw on the Us soundtrack yeah. and the whole thing. I'm going to say Hustlers again. And I won't go into it, but you had everything from your Fiona Apple criminal to like get money to like all those Chopin etudes for like the character moments and the coaching moments. It was a great mix of, oh, and I mean, Lord was used, overused, but the way they use it in that movie specifically was with that scene of her walking down the street from the back in the juicy tracksuit right before she gets exactly. pinched. Yep. So good. But the songs that you got Fat Joe featuring Lil Wayne, Make It Rain, Too Short, Lil John, Shake That Monkey, like Britney Spears, Give Me More, Sean Kingston, Beautiful Girl. So it was like a great kind of mix of uh, strip club DJ go-tos, but then you had the Chopin for the other moments. It was fantastic. And then as being in Canada here, I still don't get the whole, you're going to a strip club and people aren't taking their clothes off. Like, I, don't, I understand how things work. You gotta, in some clubs, you have to have no alcohol to have it. But being from Canada, we don't do that. And then we have Montreal next door, Quebec next door, where mm-hmm. they really don't do that. So I don't understand the, I'm going to go to scores. I'm going to drop $2,000. And I don't even see the full show. But I ain't going to see anything. Well, you'll see something. Well, but that's why you pay the extra money to go in the back room. Well, and then after the crash, they so got to do more than see things. But it's true. like, 
to your point, you can like dance at a club in Canada and just show everything and not and still make good money and not have that other element. Yeah, get involved. Yeah. If anything, there are rules about what you can and can't show at a club that you can drink at. Almost incentivize places to have the uh, more predatory back room. Right, CD back rooms yeah. going on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Hustlers. I can't even. A movie that you wish had a better marketing team. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Right, That was yeah. my number two movie of the year superb I still haven't seen and it and I'm not hearing anything about it at all and it's barely showing anywhere right no, now in Toronto playing it's nowhere still, yeah but it is such a good film and for me I would say Last Black Man in San Francisco you know I have a link to that I still haven't watched it it's beautiful I know I'll get around to that at some yeah. point and uh, maybe Atlantics I'd say is my second one I just mm -hmm. had a bigger push that was my number five movie of the year um, a lot of love for the director is going on, but um, I don't. Think, I get the feeling no one's seeing it. Yeah, and it's such a good film. Yeah, I feel again, like it's kind of dark, maybe boring and horror a little bit, but it's so well done. Um, I wish it had a bigger push behind it as well. Yeah, hardly anyone's seen that. No. Yeah, like people talk about it in like the whole conversation around. Don't only talk about Greta Gerwig and the why did they nominate at least one female director, but. In defense of only talking about Greta Gerwig, way more people saw Little Woman than, you know, Atlantics or even The Farewell, I think, based I think on so. money and like other things like, right. it's an order of magnitude more eyeballs on the Gerwig joint. So it's hard to say. So movie that you recommended the most to others? Well, um, it was Us to be near the year, mm -hmm. at March when it came out in that part of the year. Um, the middle of the year turned to Parasite after TIFF. Mm -hmm. And lately, people, I've been saying um, 1917 has mm. been the one I've been the last two, three weeks. Go see 1917. You want to see it on the big screen. Go see it, go see it, go see it. It's kind of us, then Parasite, and now it's 1917. So for me, after the festival, there were two movies that I recommended most others based on the fact that they sort of, I feel like, straight down the middle. Like, not a fancy strike. Mm hmm. Uh, Can I guess one? Yeah. Did you see Knives Out? Yes. Was that one? Yes. Yeah. Although, I recommended to a friend, and then uh, he said he didn't like it that much. And I don't know if it's because they waited so long to see it that there'd been all this talk out there, and like the sweater and everything else. Exactly. So by the time you see it, when you've heard all these sort of rapturous um, talk about it on social media, again... Most of it based on the sweater, not even necessarily people that are into the movie. Exactly. You would go in and like your expectations were brought up too high, whereas my expectations went in pretty like middling to low. I just saw the cast and it was just like I had a great time, but it was I just, I saw it at TIFF. I didn't watch a trailer before. Like there was like a lot of talk on film Twitter about that movie before, but as soon as I saw that it, it was like a Ryan Johnson who did it, I was like I don't want to be spoiled at all, no. and I don't trust marketing teams not to be lazy and give you too much in the trailer. That is true. So I didn't watch any trailers or whatever going in, and then saw it and really enjoyed it. So the press screening at TIFF. Yeah. And, uh, and then the yeah, other one liked it. is Two Popes. Where See, I feel that like that's almost like was a one good, of the category we're going to talk about later. That's a good, safe one to like recommend to people, because it's always hard when you recommend something to someone that has either a lot of violence or sex. So it's like, when I say recommend to people, it's sort of like that. You work with people, they know you watch a lot of movies or whatever. You realize it's the Catholic Church. Right? And 
We're gonna, yeah. Okay. But it's not spotlight. True. <laughs> yeah. So, but still, Two Popes was the kind of movie that I feel like if you recommend it to, let's say, an older person of low melanin that you work with, that's a pretty safe reco. Like, they could come back and be like, oh, I watched it like Anthony Hopkins, Jonathan Price, like, yeah. See, that's one that category coming up with was a close thought about that one I saw at mm-hmm. TIFF that since I've seen it at TIFF, it's just like, shh, mm-hmm. forgotten about, just about. It's on Netflix. I've yeah. not even thought about bringing it up to revisit. And then after I saw Parasite, I started to try to recommend it to everyone like everybody else does after they see Parasite. But then I realized it's not necessarily the kind of movie that people who... I love it. You loved it. Right. Number one of the year. But I'm not always sure... My number nine. My number nine of the last decade. I'm not always sure for people who don't watch as many movies as we do. Are they going to... Get her and pay enough attention. God forbid if they don't see it in a theater. Like, it's got subtitles. You have to be fully engaged. There's no second screening. There's no checking your phone. Like, you have to be all in. So I feel like unless you see this in a theater or you're a disciplined movie watcher at home when it's subtitles, it's not lost on you, but, like, this movie deserves your full attention. I want to say it's a really, really good story. Yes. And I, I think a really good story can win out, no matter if it's subtitled or who's in it, or it's a very, very good story. Mm-hmm. So I think a good story trumps everything else. I hope so. I just have very little faith, probably, in people. Hey, won the SAG last night, right? Yeah. So, so first time ever. Who knows? So we'll see. And then film that you loved at TIFF that you haven't thought about much since the festival? So I mentioned Two Popes. Yeah. But I'm going to say Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, I, I love that at TIFF. Yeah. It might be Kindle when it actually comes out in that, but I just haven't, be, haven't really thought about it since. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that with the other film in that same, not, it's not a studied universe, but it's the same kind of behind the camera people, like Place Beyond the Pines. Like, I liked it at the festival, and then... It was gone from my see, I brain. Didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at the way they style Gosling in Place Beyond the Pines and the way they style Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, you'd be like, okay, I see this. It's a very similar look and feel for the character. Uh, so here's your Ryan Gosling in Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the sort of dyed blonde, whatever. And I don't know if it's the same director, producer. So that was Derek C. in France and whatever. Let me see. Sound of Metal. I know there's some relationship between Sound of Metal and Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, is it same director or same whatever? Oh, okay. So the guy who was uh, one of the writers of the screenplay, Place Beyond the Pines, was the director of Sound of Metal. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and like I mean, yeah. it's almost like they use the same like body tats. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, they're both good movies, but they're both the kind of movies I see at the festival I really like, and then I, they disappear during award season, and I don't really think about that afterwards. For this year, for me, I saw that one. I actually, I did, I don't know if I mentioned it on Ryan's year end. But it did stick with me a little bit longer. But for me, it was Rocks, which I really liked. It was a movie I about a young... young um, I had that on my list for that Friday uh, morning, but British I, couldn't, woman. I couldn't go. It was part of the Next Wave Festival. Like, 
one of those films it's like where did they find a it was film? a platform it was a platform film I like a lot of platform films actually. oh it was platform it was, it was next wave it was but platform, it, it yeah. had like a strong next wave energy though. yeah and it was one of those films where it's like are there just just roving gangs of like fantastic actors <laughs> like in the streets of the UK because a lot of these young women had no training prior to that film okay yeah so it was it was really good but I, I didn't really think about it much after the festival. I sort of went through the list of like, well, I have thought about Waves. And I have thought about Motherless Brooklyn. like, But things that like have not been in the conversation in right. award season. But I, I thought about them. True. But Rocks was one that I was like, oh, right. Yeah, I really like this. It was on this. my short list yeah. to see. If I went that Friday morning to see movies, I would have seen it. Yeah. But, but I didn't go that Friday morning. But that's the thing with the festival. We can see a movie here at the festival. And then maybe... One or two years later, especially now, like it might not get a release release, but it might show up on like Amazon or Netflix. And then if it comes at the right time, it can find an audience again. And we're like, yeah, I guess it was. Well, a good example yeah. is Her Smell. I saw Her Smell mm-hmm. last year at TIFF. Then it came out this year, really. And it had a bit of a run. So you never know. You never know. Sometimes movie finds its audience much later. Like a fast color, they're going to do a series of that. As well, oh, I allegedly. I think so. Okay. Like Fast Color, again, disappeared but loved it. Another movie directed by a woman. So that was also in the conversation of like, why couldn't that be nominated? It's like too many black people in front of the camera and small and what it was great, but like the whole conversation around like why aren't more women nominated, I do feel like there needs to be a bit of uh, let's be realistic about what got like the cast, the budget, the marketing, the whatever before. Just because something's good, and we can go back even to like a first reformed. Like it doesn't right. mean even if you have like a white man who's exactly. being in front of the camera that's going to be nominated. So don't be thinking you're like tiny, you know, film with mostly you know women and colors in front of the camera or is going to be nominated just because it's good. But there's more audience, there's more different audiences being mm-hmm. found, and uh, so that I think things are kind of turning. Mm-hmm. Um, even on the Asian front, um, you had crazy with Asians last year. Um, you have the farewell this year, so things are just the nut is turning. I want to say. Yeah, let's hope so. But yeah, so allegedly there's a fast color series in development. Okay. Yeah. Although it hasn't been updated in a while, Uh-oh. but it was announced uh, like by Amazon, so there's some. Okay, there's money that. there. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you never know. So we're gonna take one last break, and then we're gonna come back with our rankings in order of who we think will win, not who we want to win. Although if you did who we want, because I wasn't super clear with the instructions, uh, we could do one and then the other. But I ranked mine and and sort of who I think will win, regardless of my feelings or what I think is the right choice at the big O ceremony that's coming up. So we're going to do that in a bit. And we're back. And we're going to pick in the order of who we think will win. And I will say, I say with no pride that I pretty much called the, uh, who won last year? And who won the year before? I feel like it was something objectionable. Uh, Green Book. 
Yeah, I, Green Book won last I year. I called that in September. So I'm I'm not going to say I've done it many years, but there's been years where I'm like, I don't want this to win, but it probably will. And I've sometimes picked that movie like right at the end of the film festival. So Yeah, Green Book, I can always tell because I go to a lot of press screenings. Mm-hmm. I can tell by reaction, out loud, mm-hmm. um, people really being engaged, a lot of laughter, a lot of engagement from the press mm-hmm. at TIFF. And uh, yeah, last year, Green Book, that was a Friday morning, the last Friday morning, last day of press screenings. And people were laughing at it, guffawing. Yeah. I was sitting beside the IMDb founder guy. Yeah. He was laughing away. So I could see that was going to be a, a big film. Yeah. Um, the year before, La La Land got a ton of mm-hmm. um, reaction. I knew that was going to be big. But also, the line talk about Moonlight, I knew it would be a one-two horse. I didn't think New Moonlight would beat it. But I knew based on versus like the kind of people that I saw reacting to the La La Land screening I saw at the Elgin versus the line chatter. I hadn't heard that level of line chatter about a movie from like a broad range of people. Like I see. young colors, old whites, everything. Right. Like I knew it had a shot. Right. But then like that after that first number in La La Land, the press cheered. Like, yeah. Am I at a press screening? What is going on here? Yeah. And the year before that, I say it was Room. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end there, people were sobbing and crying. Oh my God. So I feel like the year Room, there was a lot of weepers that year. There's a lot of I movies think they that were. I, I, I yeah. think I was just a mess that yeah. whole. Yeah. So when I see the press weeping, oh, this is, and I think all three of those won People's Choice. Yeah. And went on to win quite a few awards. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can tell that. So did you rank all of them? I, I reordered them all in, like, sort of my least likely to most likely, or did you just do No, I got, the I got to say my least, least likely so to let's, most likely. So let's start at the bottom. So least likely, what's yours? Ford versus Ferrari. I put Little Woman because women. Too many women behind and in front of the camera for Little Woman to have even a shot. So. Okay, I put Ford versus. Yeah. Um, just based on the other impact it has, other nominations it has. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty middle of the road. There's, there's no new ground being broken there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Bale's great. Um, other than that, it's just kind of there. I'm surprised it got nominated, even. Yeah. To tell you the truth. I'm not so, surprised it got nominated, but I'm... Sounds really good. Yeah. But uh, that's about it. And then next? Little Women. Yeah. I have that next. So I have Marriage Story next because I feel like the only one rule, much like it applies to people of color it also applies to Netflix so there really can only be one Netflix movie that has a shot at the big awards every year and I feel like this year it's the Irishman okay yeah I see and next um Jojo Rabbit I have it at, at seven. Oh, well, um, this is where we diverge I have Ford versus Ferrari next okay. so for all the reasons you said uh I thought it got old mm-hmm. the whole Hitler Hitler Spring thing got old after it's been a while. Done. Yeah, yeah, it's been done. They got old. They got tired of it. Um, kids really good, um, but no, I, I that like someone jumping up and down on one strand too long. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's there. Next. Um, I can't read my numbers backwards. Um, well, marriage story. I have marriage story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So probably similar reasons. Yeah, similar reasons that you had. So. Um, some good scenes in it, um, a little much, I thought. Um, we liked it at TIFF, though, but 
but mm-hmm. it's kind of dropped off ever since then. It's on Netflix. I've mm-hmm. not revisited it. Part of what I did, this Netflix stuff, if I even thought about even putting on a revisit it, it's dropped, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, like Booksmart's on Amazon now. Have rewatched. It's still funny. There you yeah. go. Um, so Joker is next for me. I feel like Joaquin's a lock, but Todd Phillips hasn't been doing great with the whole promotion part of it. And here's the thing. You can be sort of denigrating to the genre of anything. The Oscars kind of like that. Like James Mangold with Logan, how he was like shitting on the whole comic book movie genre, right. even though he did Logan. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Todd Phillips sort of trying to be that, like, I deserve this and I'm above this and I'm awesome kind of energy in all of his PR stuff. It's not selling. It's not selling. Okay. Yeah. So while Joaquin was pretty much a lock from the jump, I don't feel like Joker has much of a shot for best film. See, I love that soundtrack. And also, that... it made so much money, too. I feel like there's a low-key like hatred for things that make a lot of money. Green Book made quite a bit of money. They make a billion dollars. It made quite a bit of money, though, for that type of film. It did. I didn't make a billion dollars. I think it might have been number one for two weeks. <sighs> I'm thinking. Yeah, we're going to look at the box office. I think it did pretty well. For a while, there was kind of flying pretty high. Okay. Yeah, $300 million. Yeah, it made, it, made, it, made, it made a buck that movie. It was number one at least two weeks. It made a buck that film. Yeah. Wow. Say what you want, Octavia. Yeah. She yeah. knows what she's doing. That made a buck. All right, next. Um, the Irishman. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we're at five now. So, liked it a lot. Um, a little too long, as you said before. Could have used an edit. But um, De Niro is like amazing. Pesci out of retirement. The whole span of where they start to where they end. Um, letting Marty run with it and do what he wants to do on screen. I, I like the whole package. But I have it five. How about yourself? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. You mentioned before. Yeah. I, and I just don't think, I don't think the Oscars in general likes to give Quentin. I think he came out, when somebody comes out young and really good, like that one-two punch of like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, I almost feel like there's like low-key resentment. That's and true. It, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So in many ways, like him and Spike and even to... I guess another reason why you should retire is yeah. at the end. We keep going back to my theme. But it's not even retired. It's almost like you're punished for like early success. A little bit from like a voting perspective. Like you still get to make movies, but it's almost like you're put in this category of you're... you're we're not even going to nominate you for some of your best early shit. And then, you know, it's sort of law of diminishing returns. So do you think... Scorsese suffered from that was his first few movies? Yeah, definitely. As well? And I feel like that's almost why he's been drinking the haterade around the comic book stuff. Like, he's like, I was out there grinding and now this guy just makes a remix of, like, my movie, throws, like, some clown makeup on a dude and he's getting, like, nominations left and right. That's true. And do you think Paul <laughs> Newman suffered from that as well? Why he took so long for him to win something? And he was pretty. People don't like pretty. Brad Pitt? Yeah. Okay, so Rocky is like made 497 million. Sidebar, listener, I've been Googling um, Oscar winners that have, like made the most, most money, money okay. or winners and nominations. So like, but uh, yeah, so that's adjusted revenue. And but is that is, is that the first run at Rocky or yeah, first all Rocky, time? Just Rocky. 
1976 to Rocky. Wow. Um, Lawrence of Arabia, a, unadjusted 45 million, adjusted 500 million. So, uh, West Side Story, unadjusted 44 million, adjusted 500 million. Was um, it top three? My fair, oh, I'm just in the 11th. So let's go to okay. top. Okay, let's actually not go top. Let's go top six because at six we got The Godfather. That made a shit ton of money, right. but also whatever. Then The Sting. Yes. It's that made $156 million back in 73 adjusted. That's my top 50 of yeah. all time. Um, you got Ben Hur uh, back in 59. 1959, that movie made $74 million. Holy that cow! That it's almost like people have always liked sweaty shirtless men. <laughs> I can't imagine. Brad, Brad Pitt? I mean, just in general, maybe, maybe it's okay to be a little bit gay, folks. You're telling me this many shirtless men rowing, like nobody watches movie just for that? That what what scene they talk about Brad Pitt's main scene from what and he's up on the roof, yeah. takes off the shirt, yeah. and goes to work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Titanic. Of course. Yes. That's like probably the most obscene in terms of like of course. box office plus a winner. Um, number two, Sound of Music. Way right. to go. That's gener- generational. Yeah. That is. But that was. How much did it make back in the day? 159 Holy million cow. back in 65. Holy cow. Here's the thing. If that happened now, Julie Andrews would have been like getting. 10 to 50 million dollars a picture and I'm sure whatever she was paid back then was not even close after that movie I wonder how many movies in that was yeah. for her yeah she was young in that too that was the year after Mary Poppins although I think in, Mary Poppins was 64 yeah. that was 65 like what what a powerhouse although in Science of the World is fair in some ways both her and Christopher Plummer are still getting good work so that's true the world isn't entirely trash uh, and number one Gone with the Wind Back in 1939, Gone with the Wind made 199 million. Holy cow! So adjusted for inflation, that would made like 1.8 billion. So at 30 cents a ticket? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and black we people spent, were seeing that for Hattie McDaniel's too. <laughs> As we spend 25 dollars to go sit in uh, VIP these days. It's worth it. So, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Green Book did all right, but it, I don't think it's even in the top uh, 20 for like box office for Oscar winners. Okay, I'm just saying it made a buck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it made a buck. Yeah. It just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings is at number nine. Like, Return of the King. Uh, right. Around the World in 80 Days. Gump. Gump. There you go. Forrest Gump, 94. Yeah, that made $330 million in 94. I think Around the World in 80 Days is among the worst pictures when you receive a list that won, that won Best Picture. Yeah. Well, that was a... bottom. Listener, you come for the agenda and you stay for the tangents. Uh, I think I left off at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which was my one, two, three, four, five. I think we're at five. Five from the bottom. So what's your next one? My number four is Joker. Oh, okay. Saw that at TIFF. Saw it again in IMAX. Yeah. Walking um, Phoenix, what was about saying? Um, I really like this. The score is amazing. Mm-hmm. And just the chaos, how it develops. Um, that last scene when he's going to the show, those steps that people yeah. live around the steps now can't get near their steps because everybody's taking pictures at the steps. Yeah. Um, he gets off the subway. The chaos has started. He's walking off the subway all dressed up, picks up a mask, puts the mask on on top. Like, it's just... I really like that film. I'm going to go back to... I forgot to mention best performance in a movie I didn't love, Joaquin in The Joker. Okay. Yeah. 
or as one of the other podcasts I listened to called it, most acting. <laughs> Not best, but most acting. But you know what? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and then for me, at this point, I had 1917. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Probably if I'd seen it, based on everybody else's reactions, I would have it higher. Uh, but I just think it came out a little late. Like, the buzz got going, but it, I feel like the buzz got going later for it. Didn't have time to build. Okay. Christmas yeah. Day movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a Christmas Day movie that wasn't at maybe as many of the big kind of ramp-up festivals. But I think it played Christmas Day. Yeah. And it didn't play again. Yeah. It only played Christmas Day. Yeah. Just so it could be eligible. Right. Yeah. And so what's your next one? Uh, three was... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, again, I like when Quentin makes up his world. He did a lot of it here. So I feel like 321 are all ones we're saying they got a shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, has a shot. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. If Quentin won, I feel like that's another one of those retroactive reparations Oscars, if you will. True. Yeah. So, even though I didn't love that movie, I'll allow it under the rules of reparations Oscar. And Glenn Close to be hidden from inside her cough and go, where's my reparations Oscar? I never got it. You're a woman, Glenn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for me, in this position, I have the Irishman. Okay. Yeah. You like that better than I did. I didn't Kinda, watch it. sort of. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. I haven't even seen it. I'm just basing it on the general do you, sentiment. Do you have? Yeah. Do you have Netflix? I have Netflix. I just, if I have three hours and chains... You know what? I'm going to watch one of my favorite episodes of The Witcher again. So you watched Two Popes? Uh-huh. You watched Marriage Story? No. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Stuff's all on Netflix and people aren't watching it. Yeah. Because I haven't gone back to Irishman either. So. I watch a lot of trash. Like, I've already started watching the new season of Titans. Like a DC like show. Yeah, like, I'll watch garbage before I'll watch What like, are your thoughts films. of Picard? I don't want to get completely off topic here. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I can't even. That's yeah. why we're recording this today, because, like, it's, he's it's like... He's on breakfast television tomorrow, I want to say, yeah. in Toronto. The show's coming out Thursday. Yeah, he's in yeah. Toronto on breakfast television tomorrow. <gasps> so that means he's here. That he's means he here. might be in the city right now. I would think he's here. He's got to be on TV at yeah. 7 in the morning tomorrow. Yeah. He's around somewhere. Oh, my God. Look on his Twitter. He might find out where he's waiting for dinner tonight. I should check. Okay, we'll, we'll, stock, we'll stock Patrick Stewart later, but we're all very excited about Picard. Um, so next one for you, what's your number two? Um, Parasite. Me too. Yeah. So I feel like it should, but I don't feel like it will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should, but what? La- Roma last year, right? Yeah. I feel like it should, but it's not going to. And my number one, 1917. My number is, number one is Jojo Rabbit, for many reasons. Okay, um, well, this is interesting. One, um, the Tiff People's Choice... I feel like all those movies end up usually being, unless it's a really weird year, somewhere in the top five of this conversation. Okay. Like, these are anything that wins a T- TIFF People's Choice Award, except for those outlier years like a Bella or whatever, those films are usually ones that would be nominated even if they went back to just nominating five films. Didn't Precious win People's Choice? I think so. 2009, yeah. I would yeah. say. Yeah. But yeah, there's outliers, but for the most part, People's Choice. The ones that push, ones that push Slumdog? Like, yeah. whoa, that's yeah. a behemoth, right? Yeah. Um, also, I feel like JoJo has that thing, that this trend that we've identified of saying, racist can be okay, or at least entertaining. 
C3 billboard. C Green Book. C Green Book. Yeah. So it has that energy. It has Sam Rockwell, our new favorite racist player, which really he needs to talk to his people. Um, it has, um, I feel like Hollywood likes Taika. And they do. he's very not offensive. Like all of his PR stuff, he's not really like, making any kind of controversial statements or anything. And he's, or, not, he's not pushing either. Yeah. He's not pushing hard. Like on his Twitter, oh, you might want to check out this little movie. Yeah. The thing he says. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole cast has been charming in all the PR stuff. That kid's been great. Yeah. Um, it was one of ScarJo's two nominations. Has a lovable kid. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I feel felt, like I just felt the Hitler thing got tired after a while. It did get tired, but I still think it's it. got more of a chance than maybe it should. But this isn't about what we think should happen. Right. It's about what we think could happen. Exactly. So I feel like Jojo Rabbit still has a pretty good chance. And um, who was the distributor for Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit. Uh, is it was it another Fox joint? Was it one of the last? Yes. Fox Searchlight? Fox Searchlight before the evil mouse empire fully took over that whole operation. I mean, they took over, but in terms of, like, the amount of films are going to be Fox Searchlight... 99% sure it was Fox Searchlight. Yeah, yeah. Remember who I got my invite from to go to the press screening? Yeah. I think it was Fox Searchlight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another thing. Fox Searchlight, great at an Oscar campaign. I feel like they do the stuff that we see, and they do the stuff that we don't see very well. Yeah, they did three billboards as well. They had three billboards in shape in the same year. Yeah, shape which of water, is same year. Yeah, wild. exactly. Yeah. So that's the other reason why I think they got the the gears behind the scenes again in a world without Harvey. Yes. Um, who's got the best kind of like machine behind the scenes for Oscar noms and wins? He invented the game. Yeah, he invented, but Fox Searchlight appears to have perfected it, hopefully with less rape. Let's not end it there. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're at the end of our topics. We had some alts suggested by you if we wanted to go back to any of those. Uh, we wanted to talk about a couple other things around the whole award season nomination process and other things. But you know, I didn't prepare any uh, material. Back to films Yeah. that um, I didn't see before. Um, but I heard, heard there's a light. Do we want to go back there? or? Yeah. Um, Pain and Glory. That right. was at TIFF. Yes. Didn't see it. Um, Is Antonio nominated? He's nominated for Best Actor. That I'd love to see it. Yeah, he got nominated for Best Actor. I'd love for him to like do the spoiler, like how Glenn Close got screwed last year. I'd love for him to be the surprise, like like the legit surprise. Right. Like, oh, damn. But it was a good speed of Glenn Close last year. There's a whole thought about um, Jonathan Price mm-hmm. winning this year. Yeah. It'd be the, the complete yeah. from that movie from last year. Like, she did all the work and got nothing. That he shows up and collects the uh, collects the award. That that was something. Um, the farewell didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. But I've heard a lot of good things about that. The lighthouse. Did you see the lighthouse? No, but everybody I know who saw it raves did like about it. it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't see that one. Um, the souvenir. I've heard a lot of good things about that. And then Booksmart would be the other one I would say. Yeah, I I did see Booksmart, and I feel like is it not even nominated in the screenplay category? It got something, I'm pretty sure. I would hope so. I would hope at least screenplay. I feel like screenplay is a dumping ground for things that should get more. Well, because there's ten of those, right? Yeah. You got adapted and original. So you yeah. Kinda... And if you wanted to give that director something, you throw them in for the yeah. screenplay. That's how Quentin got his, right? You throw them in there. That's so how Greta got hers. Yeah. 
That's so what Spike got his. You know, you can throw them in the uh, screenplay section and give them something. I don't know if it got nominated for an Oscar. I don't think it did. Yeah. No, I don't think it did. No. Nothing. And that's another one where um, it's a female director, but it only made like 25 million box office. It's two female leads. Like, yes, should she have been perhaps more in the conversation than she was? For sure. Did she have a shot of even getting a Best Director nomination? Absolutely never. No. And not because she didn't do fantastic work, but because of the industry being the way it is. So what, the Oscars are, oh, is the day before? I'm looking at the Independent Spirit for this year. It's Saturday, February the 8th, which I'm pretty sure is the day before. The Oscars are the 9th? Yeah. Okay, it is the day before. Yeah, because it's like on the beach the night before. People usually go with a casual look, a flat shoe. A lot of ladies wear like a suit look. Right. Because it's like, it's, it's usually cold. Like it's in a tent, like that's on the beach. Like they always talk about how it's in a tent on the beach. Uh, yeah, and they're saving their big look and their uncomfortable shoes for the next day. It's like when you're a, a kid at school and you go, you have a, you have a Halloween party mm-hmm. at school at lunchtime. You kind of wear your secondary costume. And you're saving your big one for uh, the night out. Yeah, or the costume that it looks okay if you're forced to wear a coat over top. Exactly. Yeah, so for uh, original screenplay, Knives Out, which I feel like is Ryan Johnson's best shot. Uh, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Yeah, that might win that one as well. Or I feel like it should, but they, Ryan Johnson still might get it. So that's for original screenplay. For adapted screenplay this year, we have Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, and Two Popes. Ooh, this category is interesting to me because I feel like even though I haven't seen all of these, I wouldn't hate it if any of these won. It wouldn't be like, oh, the Green Book guy's winning? Screenplay? So is, but is, he's a horrible person. Is JoJo in there? JoJo's in there. I think that's my word might win. Yeah. We'll give him something. We'll give him that. Mm. I think that's where it might win. Yeah, it might. You're right. That might be where it wins. Or maybe Little Woman because they'll feel bad about Greta Gerwig. But she just won, though. She won that for um, her last film. Yeah, but still. I don't think they feel like they gave her two. They gave her one. Yeah. A couple of years ago. So just one last little shout out to my favorite festival there, because we're talking about people who have been snubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, their best supporting female nominations for Independent Spirit are Jennifer Lopez for uh, Hustlers. Yes. Taylor Russell for Waves. Excellent. Zhao Shinzen for The Farewell. Fantastic. Lauren Lolo Spencer for Give Me Liberty. And Octavia Spencer for Loose. Wow. There are there are some nominees. This is why this Whoa. is my favorite. Um, this is why my this is why my, it's my favorite award. Like there's thought going into who they pick. Yeah, so you know what? There's their best supporting actress nominees. Even though it's almost impossible to find anywhere except for YouTube to watch snippets from the Independent Spirit Awards, I feel like you should at least look at the nominations. If you're looking for something to see that isn't the same stuff that you always hear about. Exactly. Good movies, yeah. good stories. Yeah. Things that maybe movies that can use a push. They aren't out anymore, but they'll probably end up on a streamer soon because of their budget and the, pe- the people just need to cut a check so they can keep working. Right. 
So, yeah, go check the Independent Spirit Award nominations. So, you know what? It's cold. It's Monday. We did good work. We did. We did great. Covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I love it. And I'm almost excited to see what happens at the Oscars now because I want to see which one of us was more right. Again, I don't watch. Yeah, I don't if watch I ha- it. If I, I happen to pop and catch something, I'll catch it. Yeah. But it's the next day, social media, mm-hmm. seeing who did what, who won. Yeah. Well, oh, that was good. Oh, I don't like that. Or oh, that was good. Yeah. But I don't have to feel the rage in the moment. I no. can just scroll by it. Yeah. Hoping for Parasite. Yeah. If something upsets me, I'll just scroll back to an animated GIF of Chris Evans helping Regina up the stairs. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when you only watch the results on Twitter, you can pick the ones you want to watch over and over again, and you don't have to dwell on the ones that you're less interested in. No, for sure. All right, well, here's hoping this year, if uh, Regina's invited again, perhaps as a presenter, uh, that her and her mom are seated next to one of the good Chris's. So will she be back to give out Best Supporting Actor? She would be back, right? If she won last, last, last year, winners are back to give out the they other. They usually do it for actor. Um, I think for supporting, it's almost always, but not 100% of the Depending time. Depending if they're yeah. around or not. Yeah. yeah. But it's been it a pretty... sometimes. Consi- yeah. And for her, I think, because it's coming off Watchmen and whatever. She's pretty hot right now. Right. They would want to have her there. Yeah, yeah, so she could be there. Yeah. If anything, I'd love to have her present with Chris Evans. They could oh, do a little something. bit of him helping her on stage. That'd yeah. be good. That'd be great. Yeah. You know what, uh, Oscar producers, if you haven't already decided uh, who's presenting and who they're presenting with, just think about the optics of that. Because that was trending most of that night, like him helping her up the stairs. That was. And then even the follow-up of her mom not knowing who he was, but just thinking he was a nice boy that helped <laughs> her daughter up the stairs. Uh, yeah. Like, in the constant never-ending battle for Chris' supremacy... That was a great moment. And I feel like the Chris's always come strong at the Oscars, especially Evans and Pine. Like, Pine did that move with the beautiful single tear during the the Glory song performance by Common and John Legend. Oh, I didn't see that. That had all of Black Lady Twitter inviting him to the cookout and their open legs. And (laughs) I'm going to say Chris Evans did something similar with the Helping Regina Up the Stairs. So you know what? Come through, Chris's. Come through. Battle of the Chris's. Yeah. And we'll end it there. Thank you, and happy award season.